0: Hi, I'm Jalen Rose and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Up next, Zarina Acres. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I write a column each Thursday in the New York Post. Check it out. Download the podcast. Subscribe right now. Listen to the first episode with Big Sean. Listen to any episode, Katie Couric. We have done almost 30 episodes. Check us out on YouTube. Leave a five-star rating. Download, subscribe to the podcast. There's no reason why you shouldn't be getting this healing, this knowledge, this wisdom, this love. All black, everything. All black, everything. I want to talk about supporting small businesses. Everyone knows the giants, Amazon, Target, Walmart, major corporations, they're everywhere and so easily accessible that often we will bypass five or 10 small businesses that have absolutely everything we need to get to the big box stores. These mom and pop shops, young people with entrepreneurial spirit need our spending power now more than ever. And it's all about intention. It takes a little more effort, but I'm going to try and find a farmer's market. And you know, I swear I can cook. Can't make any sides, but I'm working on it. My buddy that has a hat shop, I'm going to make sure I buy that hat from him and post about it on social media. My guy, Sheik Looch from the Locks, just did that. And when I saw his post, I was like, yo, I need to get one of those old English Detroit Tigers hats, size eight. Not everything has to be a luxury label or a brand name. Some of the flyest stuff comes from a vendor who not only has the talent and creativity and eye for design, but also needs our continued support to keep creating. We all need to invest in each other at a ground level. And black and minority owned businesses especially need our support. Today, my guest, is Zarina Akers the hottest stylist in the world right now who's dressed some of the biggest names in film TV and music we're going to talk about what it's like to style celebrities while under a microscope and the importance of shopping with intent up next Zarina Akers welcome to this week's Renaissance Man podcast, and I can't wait to write a column on my next guest. This week's episode is titled All Black Everything. My next guest is one of Hollywood's hottest stylists. She's worked with some of the biggest names in music, film, and fashion, and she's the founder of Black Owned Everything, a business platform for Black-owned businesses. Please welcome Zarina Aker to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. You're currently the personal stylist and fashion curator for Beyonce, Ava DuVernay, Chloe and Holly. The list goes on, but you had to start somewhere. What was your first job in fashion?
1: My first job um, in fashion, and I'm definitely the size for Beyonce and Chloe and Halley. Ava Duvernay is with um, someone else now, but we've worked together before. Um, my first job in fashion probably started like, like, like hustling. You know, I was I was working at a retail store. It was a store called Aja Imani. I used to work at different stores in the mall. You know, so I really started from from the bottom, so to speak, and like, you know, learn like working in retail and hustling and working my way up. And then eventually, once I went to college, I, um, I got my first internship at W Magazine. And that kind of started things from there.
0: When did you know that you love fashion so much that as you mentioned, you would hustle, you would be in the street, you would do whatever job that it took in order to try to chase your dream?
1: I would say I was in high school, I mean, from a very young age, I was interested in fashion, like I would get, you know, the Easter dress and I would want to wear it every day to the playground and, <laughs> and my family would have to hide it from me, you know, and things like that. Um, but I would say in high school, I started actually experimenting more with design. And though I was studying TV production at the time, um, I wanted to, you know, like really pursue it as a career and like learn more and more about it. Uh, You know, first off going into school, I thought I wanted to be a designer. I mean, that's all you really know, right? Like, Mm -hmm. okay, fashion clothes, make clothes. We didn't really, we weren't really privy to all the information of like, what goes into making a magazine? Like, what are all those different Mm -hmm. roles and titles? And, you know, so once I went to school and I started to learn like garment construction, I realized it wasn't really for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, so then I flipped and started uh, studying marketing and merchandising and things like that. And then again, once I got into like interning at W, then I was able to see like, oh, okay, these are all the people that it takes to actually create something like this. And, and these are all of these different, um, you know, opportunities and, and positions, you know,
0: that can be filled. How about the opportunity to use fashion as a form of expression, as a form of confidence, as as a form to show people your personality through how you dress? That
1: that definitely started... Or, kind of, more so, I guess, like, kind of took over more in high school because I went to an all black high school and it was about what you had on, right? So it was like, okay, did you have, have the latest Jordans? Did you have, but I took it a step further and started like making my own things and, but utilizing how I dressed and brands and as like a power. Um, as a form of power, you know, mm-hmm. and, and holding weight and, and commanding respect, you know, mm-hmm. in the space. Cause you know, you'll eating alive in some of these yes. places. Uh, so I definitely started to then use it as a way to gain um, just respect amongst my peers. You know what I mean? Above all.
0: I did that as well. I'm from the Northwest side of Detroit and I remember having patches in my pants Or shoes too small or whatever, but I kept them clean. I'm gonna put some thick shoestrings in them. I'm gonna do something. And but
1: it was things out of necessity that then we made into trends or things that you didn't know. That kid is only wearing, they're wearing two pairs of slouch socks because like their shoes are too big. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, folded (laughs) under. You know what I mean?
0: absolutely yeah. that was hilarious i remember those days with it so where does your love for fashion come from and who was the most stylish person you knew growing up
1: um my love of fashion i would say came from i mean i watched a lot of tv you know grew up on like shows like living single and mm. you know movies like you know set it off and things like that i was always I a huge see. fan of queen latifah as a mm-hmm. young girl and um and, but it really came from my aunties, you know, like it really came from them and like getting their hand me downs, you know, mm-hmm. can't wait. Like, what used to have my eye on it? Like, couldn't wait to watch her. I mean, so I definitely say it came from from them and my Aunt Zarina and my Aunt Deitra, um, them like, you know, being experimental, having their fly, like Louis bags and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then allowing us to, to, to to play you know and to Mm -hmm. to to kind of try our own ways in the space my little sister she's more of a tomboy she's more Uh like a. so she got into the shoes and like all the jordans and now she's customizing and painting her own shoes you know oh Yeah. yeah so like that support you know really allowed us to like you know um think outside the box you know when it came to like how we dress and stuff
0: Absolutely. And when you style a person for a long time, I'm sure to a certain extent, you see them grow as people. Does that ever come into play when you think about wardrobe?
1: For sure. Like, I think, I mean, in terms of, you know, styling and costuming, like I've always been interested in like that development process, whether it be starting with young artists. And developing their style as they release album after album, um, and as they grow into women, or like just developing characters and like how characters move through space, and and um, you know, and as they grow and deal with certain hardship, what that kind of translates into um, with their wardrobe, and what's communicated with wardrobe without even having to say, you know, that someone's like wealthy, or that a woman is, you know, the boss in the room. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's so many ways to say it without you know, them having to open their mouth. And that's always like intrigued me.
0: Because you are the creme de la creme to all of the superstars in Hollywood. And I want to congratulate you, sister. Thank you. A lot of times people think you're spending top dollar on everything that we have to wear. And that could be jewelry versus costume. That could be design. Can you talk to the audience about budget shopping and or some of the things that you rock or do that are inexpensive that people can start to incorporate?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's always been like working with kind of like high profile clients. It's always been um, like, I guess, a knack of mine to like bring in different brands because you, A, you, you're dealing with celebrities. So like everyone has access to like a lot of the same stuff. So you never know when like, it's gonna be who wore it best or, you know, this, that, and the third, while everything's in the store. Like, okay, every we all love expensive things, cool. But to be able to tap into some of the younger talent, some of the more independent designers, it's just cooler. You know, it lasts longer. You don't have to be rushing to wear it first necessarily. And you're kind of also doing a good deed. And it's the way it's open doors for so many of these brands, like you have no idea. Like there was one brand I I used, um, I dressed a client in, Sarah Dior, she does brand Tangoro. She's out Mm -hmm. of um, Senegal. And she said that once this person wore her outfit, I think maybe she wore two outfits in a year or so, Mm -hmm. that she, her brand shifted so much. She went from wearing, I mean, she went from um, uh, employing seven people to employing 50 people. Wow. And that alone, That's like crazy. just imagining like how many families are then, you know, get get to are eating off of this one company. It's like it's insane. And it's it's so much more powerful to like use these brands that are just really creating cool things. You know, they're not following the rules of commercial fashion and seasons and what's in and what's out and the rules of a house and because all that stuff ends up being you know, like much more limiting than you would actually think. You know, there's so many, so much red tape around it. Mm-hmm. They're just having fun and, and making new stuff, you know? So it's like, it really like brings A, a certain benefit where you you're, you're get to A, support a small business, whether it be black or otherwise, um, and young artistry. But then you just kind of, you get to actually wear like some cool hoop, hip stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily like, you know, everything's kind of, beaten down and worn out, you know, you get to like really explore some new silhouettes and stuff like that. So
0: well, it's One of the all time great artists, Jay-Z basically coined all black everything in a verse. Mm-hmm. You get a chance to style and work with Queen Bee, Beyonce. What is that like? And can you describe like a process of getting her ready for an event?
1: Um, I mean, it's definitely an honor to work and contribute to a platform that's so great, you know, it'll outlive most of us, Um, you know, but again, when it comes to like styling and wearing, you know, whether it's be high end brands, I've always appreciated that she, you know, never really cared if something was like super expensive or not, um, Mm -hmm. and always wanted to support you know, more independent brands and more independent designers, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and like mixing high and low. So it's really cool when like a lot of the, um, like a lot of her fans and stuff, they see when she's wearing something, they're like, oh, okay, this thing is only like $150. Like I can get that too, (laughs) you know? Um, So that's always been like a a cool factor, but you know, in generally speaking, in terms of like getting ready, it's always like a collaborative, effort, you know, in dressing anybody, you know, it's it's really not about so much about like me doing, 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 but like really working to bring out their best. And then, you know, and sometimes that's like, you know, them pushing you and you pushing back and like really it's kind of like a, a little bit of like a tug of war of making sure they have what they need to feel comfortable, but then really make you know also see into it that you're kind of pushing them to like try new
0: things and you know, yeah. Being a stylist, plus having flavor yourself, how does the process differ when it comes to styling clients versus styling yourself? It's very <laughs> different <laughs> I feel like
1: I'm always like well i'm I did it myself like I know what I like, I've been much more experimental now in these days as I'm like getting older. I'm just like, whatever you know I could like." show my body more, I can like, you know, wear this thing, and like, why not? Um, and But when it comes to dressing other people, especially celebrities, I think it's, it's always, I always have to be aware of the fact that they're, I'm not gonna have to bear whatever that cross is, you know? So if I put them in something that maybe has an interesting saying across the T-shirt or whatever it is, they're gonna get scrutinized, and judged so much more heavily and I'm not going to have to be necessarily be the one to deal with it or to face Mm -hmm. it or to like be you know having all these comments about me online or you know so it's always I always like to be aware um and really kind of go through and with a fine tooth comb you know and like the details of things and you know just to kind of make sure at the end of the day like it's one thing getting dressed then whatever, you know, stepping out. And then now it's the whole backlash and like the internet's mm-hmm. response as well to what
0: you're wearing, which is like, like a lot of pressure, you know, so. It is. So I'm to like and it's the going. response to the response to the responses. It's like, <laughs> exactly. you feel like you love your outfit. And then all of a sudden, if people tell you they don't like it, you have to decide, is it my outfit or me or them? Right, exactly, exactly. It's, like <laughs> it's moments when, like, you you know, the
1: person really feels com- confident and comfortable and happy, you know, and they walk out and then maybe it's a bad photo or maybe, you know, whatever, the hair wasn't right or something, you never know. And then it just turned into a whole other monster. So I always try to be aware of that kind of stuff.
0: I have a photo for you. I was actually, if you don't mind checking it out in the chat. Mm-hmm. Let's just say I was going to the Rock Nation brunch. That was the picture of me going before. You see Jay, you see Diddy. I'm a part of the Rock family as I mentioned. Say I'm going to the Rock brunch and you're styling me. What am I wearing?
1: Um you are wearing probably a gorgeous like espresso double breast suit. Um mm-hmm. And maybe it's by a black designer Ferrer. Actually, I think that's the suit that Jay-Z's wearing. It's by Ferrer. That is good guy Davidson Ferrer. He's actually a friend of mine. Uh, he mm-hmm. makes gorgeous suiting, and he's coming out with this like beautiful like brown mocha colored print. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd probably do like utilize that print with a nice chocolate pant and a double breast
0: jacket. That's so. fly. Yeah. And the one thing about the double breasted, I just got to make sure I'm in the gym because you got to get in the gym for when you are a guy and you are rocking them double breasted.
1: Yeah, that L- thing can L- hug
0: you. You can't have them pulling, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that thing could have you. That thing could be that that thing could be hugging for sure.
1: I always it, I love it on men, but I always stay away from it for women because. Those four buttons in the center of your body
0: makes you look so wide. (laughs) Yes, it can make you look bulky. That's why I say you gotta be in that gym, can't You gotta cut down them fried foods and that that bread before you throw that double breasted on. That's so funny. And as I mentioned, and I really appreciate you taking the time before I let you get out of here. And as I mentioned, you are the founder of Black-Owned Everything, a medium for curating meaningful and long-lasting participation for Black owned businesses in global commerce with a focus on fashion, beauty, design, and lifestyle brands. Why is it so important for people, all people, to support Black businesses? And what's your goal for Black owned everything?
1: Um, you know, I think after like summer 2020, you know, there was definitely a light shined on our creators because there was a lot of people calling out different corporations about, you know, their lack of participation in the community, their lack of effort. And I, and I realized like very quickly, like, okay, but if we took a percentage of that energy and turned it back in on our people, like it would go so mm-hmm. much further. Um, you know, I think just giving independent brands in general, you know, but specifically black people, because we've been so underserved and and, you know, from like our school system, just like systematically uh most people generally you know even even at, even privileged black people you mm-hmm. know are still limited in what they 're actually learning about the economy and still limited in what they 're learning in schools about credit mm-hmm. and things like that um, yes. so giving these brands the opportunity to actually grow and expand um you know places the power back in their hands to then support their families in a way without having to lean on corporations, without having to mm-hmm. necessarily get a nine to five. Because a lot of these women and men, you know, are are able to really grow and sustain. But so I think like the way, once I started and launched Black on Everything, I wanted to uh, make it easier for the consumer to find these black on brands. So there were are no excuses, you know, you can come to mm-hmm. this site, you can explore different brands. And as we've, it's been, Definitely an uphill battle to get it to like work. So we're probably gonna take some time this year and like really develop it a lot further. Um, but you know, just overall, that's why it's important. I've also launched the Acres and Acres Foundation to help educate some of these business owners on like what to do, like, okay, you've got this burst of support or you have a really great product. Now, how are you reinvesting that in a way that can like scale the business and teach, mm-hmm. you know and teach these brands and these creators how to, you know really develop a totally like sustainable business and company and it's functioning. And, you know, cause a lot of these these kids they really just mm-hmm. didn't know what exactly. to do. So like they are getting opportunities to like be in, in Nordstrom's or be in Macy's but their business structure is not necessarily in place. Or maybe they don't even Mm -hmm. have their company formed, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, um, correctly. So, so we're kind of wanting to do some work like that on the back end as well, but overall just like continuing to like promote what we're doing. Cause like we literally, you could go from the top to the bottom and everything can be black owned, Mm -hmm. which was like astounding to me when I first started to like, find these brands and like start posting them. It was like, I mean, Mims Motors, like a black owned uh-huh. car
0: uh-huh. out of
1: Detroit, manufactured in Detroit, like uh-huh. Eric Mims is like killing it. I mean, technology that like rivals Tesla, you know, and like champagne glasses and wine glass, it's like so many different things, you know? So it's like, it's try to keep it going and, and and really contribute to it not being, you know, just a trend or just a phase or something of the moment. Yeah.
0: It's so refreshing to hear your entrepreneurial spirit, your intellect and your willingness to give back and to uplift our people. And that's that's the kind of motivation that I had when I became the founder of my charter high school and in my hometown. And Killer Mike was on this show and we had that same conversation about investing in the black dollar. And he was talking about spending a weekend trying to buy all black everything. And then he realized, like, wait a minute, I can't really rent a car or a bus or whatever or a hotel. Like, it was a lot tougher than he realized. And I'm glad you opened my eyes up to this conversation and to the audience, because I think it's important for us to continue to do that. Mm -hmm. Have that day, have that week, have that month where we're gonna invest in us. right? It's so very refreshing when that happens. And it also is a game changer in the community. Yeah,
1: and it's like, it's just simple things like changing your basics, you know? Like I got homegirls that do seasonings, regular seasons, uh, you know, whatever, their own combinations and things like that, like the Spice Sweet or like Chef Curl RD. Um, to, you know, people that are doing laundry detergent. It's just, like, switching your basics to mm-hmm. trying new things, your dishwashing liquid, you know, and things like that uh, are very simple ways to, like, just kind of implement it in your home and, like, start kind of, you know, making a shift, you know, to make a real change. Yeah, okay, like, shoes, bags, clothes, obviously, but, like, what are those very basic things that you know you use? <clears throat> Excuse me, your honey,
0: you know, mm-hmm
1: your incense, you know, like all that kind mm. of stuff um, and replacing those things that you, that you buy on a regular as well.
0: Well, thank you for giving us what I consider a parking spot to find those items. I'm definitely gonna be supporting. What's your favorite award show memory?
1: My favorite award show memory? Um, well, I guess I gotta say Grammys mm. 2021. That was a historic Mm. one. So that was, and it was unexpected to like, you know, be a part of that, that kind of, you know, epic moment, you know, so i
0: say that Describe for us what the moment was like, who was you with, what was you doing, what were you wearing, what were they wearing? (laughs) Where were y'all at? It was was a um, pandemic. We've been at home wearing masks. You didn't get a (laughs) chance to enjoy the Grammys. I know, it was, um,
1: you know, Beyonce took home her, like her 28th win. Um, yeah, which was like which was a historic one, which she then became the most awarded uh, woman, you know, within the number of Grammys. So that was like, yeah, pretty iconic. So I dressed her in like this like scaparelli look and then we did this like Burberry shiny metallic look afterwards. But it was one of those things like all of a sudden I like had a credential and like we were going. I don't think I thought in like a million years we were actually gonna like go and do it. And I'm like, oh, okay, (laughs) it's happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. So before I let you get out of here, I have a couple of rapid fire questions. Okay. That I like to call Gone in 60 Seconds. Okay, all right, let's get it. Let's get it. Which celebrity has the best street style? Rihanna. What's a good rule of thumb when it comes to shopping? Buy what works for you. If you could retire one fashion trend, what would it be? Mm, crap. A <laughs> 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 y'all listening now y'all remember when jay said no more auto tunes we stopped doing it so y'all listening right now y'all hearing it what's your favorite decade for style the 70s mine too i was born in the 70s 73 and last but not least name one person you haven't worked with yet that you'd be honored to style queen latifah I love the Queen as well. I'm gonna have her on this show. I used to go to their barbecues back in the day, East Orange, I got Naughty by Nature, Trench, being Naughty, those are my guys. I love I you. i never the show. met her,
1: but I've always loved her since I was a little girl.
0: Queen is awesome <laughs> and so are you. It was very gracious of you to take your time to join the Renaissance Man podcast. I'm gonna also write a column about this in the New York Post, and seeing you a framed copy of it.
1: Oh, yeah. Just as a
0: small token of my appreciation. Thank you very Thank you. much.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Last, Last, call. Call. Last call. Last call. I'd like to say thanks to Zarina Akers for joining us again. She mentioned something during our conversation that really stood out to me. When I asked her biggest fashion tip when choosing your own style, she said, and I quote, do what works for you. Mm. That sounds simple, but what it really boils down to is knowing yourself and not being afraid of expressing who you are. Kind of like the Fab Five at the University of Michigan. I was fortunate to be A part of that group then and now, Jawan Howard, who's now Michigan's head coach, Chris Webber, Ray Jackson, Jimmy King, and yours truly. And you know what we decided? We didn't want to wear our shorts small like John Stockton or like my idol, Isaiah Thomas or Dennis Rodman. We wanted longer shorts, the kind of shorts we were rocking in the hood. And we had a Nike contract? oh man, we know y'all got some people that can make it happen. And the Fab Five changed the game with that. Like KRS-One would say, we were not done. If you did not know, I left college in 1994. That relevancy has now made Jalen a common name. My mother made it up. God rest her soul. Rest in peace, ma. I love and miss you very much. And so when you talk fashion, like our guest, Zarina Akers, when she said, Do what works for you. That's what we did. That's what she does. And some of the people like Beyonce that she dresses does. We have superstars, A-list, big name, influential people on the Renaissance Man each week. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. See you next week.